0: This is Adam from Unstoppable Acting Studio in Scotland. And this is Jared from Actors Approach in America. And together, we are Two Guys Talking Craft. A one-hour podcast where we talk about the craft of acting. Explore the various acting techniques from all the master acting teachers. And help you grow your acting skills. Two Guys Talking Craft. Two Guys Talking Craft. It sounds much better when Adam says it.
1: Yeah, it does. This is Two Guys Talking Craft. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Two Guys Talking Craft. We are in the second episode of our journey into Eric Morris. And if you um, haven't listened to previously, there there is a previous episode where we introduced Eric Morris, the man, who he is. Uh, Jared, who is just going to come and join me in a minute, has spent a considerable amount of time working with the man. Um, and um, joining us, we appreciate it. Hey, everybody hey Indra. Thanks for coming along. And in a moment, Jared will be here. Oh, Oh, I made it back. That was the coolest entrance we've had in all our Two Guys Talking Craft episodes. That was very cool. Completely wasted on anybody that's listening through, you know, the audio experience at the moment. But what you saw, like, what you missed was Jared running slow motion, a bit like Superman towards the screen, and he sat down ready to go how are you doing jared
0: i'm good good to see you
1: how are you excellent to see you bud yeah i'm, I'm good you well you had a vacation feeling refreshed
0: yeah yeah we had a great vacation yeah uh, southern california san diego mexico palm springs uh joshua tree it was good we uh we did a lot we drank a lot and we had fun. yeah it's good
1: Beautiful, man. I, you know, the pics you sent me through, it looked a lovely, lovely uh, place to be in the world, and just uh, really sunny, uh, blue skies, all that stuff. Indra, you're absolutely right. We had a little break last week because of the vacation, and no episode would be complete without you. Um, and I believe you had a night out last week, so perfect. It all aligned. You're here with us. That's great. Dale's just joined us. Uh, hey, choose yeah. here. Hey, everybody.
0: I saw Dale post that he's uh, uh, exercising, getting, getting in shape. He's doing some swimming, finding new muscles in his body that he didn't know he had. So good on you, Dale. Good on you, man.
1: Before 2022 comes comes around the corner, that's, that's impressive stuff. Um, little shout out to our community, you know, Two Guys Talking Crafts community. We had a lovely comment, Jared. I don't know if you saw it um, uh, from Matt uh, on Twitter. He was just saying he's just finished listening to the Stanislavski podcast, really enjoyed him. He thinks it's possibly the best yet. And um, he uh, was going to shout out to Bella Merlin, and that the book changed his life for the, the better. So uh, thanks to her also. Um, so shout out, Matt. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Um, and also, we, we're creeping up the performing arts charts once again in India, Jared. So it's nice, nice to see. Shout out to our friends in India as well. We're very thankful, very grateful. Um, hey, here we are at the end of, near the end of 2021 and, and what a journey it's been, right? We've covered a lot of things.
0: We, this is episode 35 and yeah. we started talking in 2020, you and me, yeah?
1: Correct, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So,
0: it's been a long time.
1: Yeah, you know, in that time, you know, if you've just tuned into the podcast, we've covered the likes of as Matt mentioned, Stanislavski. At the turn of the year, we were diving deep into Weisner. We've done uh, Uta Hagen. We're now looking at Eric Morris. And uh, yeah, you can comprehensively look past our, our back catalogue uh, and see what we've we've had going on. Uh, you can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that stuff. And um, speaking of comprehensive guides to acting, Jared, I just thought it'd be nice to mention uh, what you've got going on over on YouTube again, just real quick before we dive into today's episode. What's going on over
0: there? Uh, I'm working hard to uh, build a subscription on the Actors Approach uh, YouTube channel. Um, So Actors Approach, there's the website, actorsapproach.com, has 45 plus hours of acting craft techniques, and it was a paid subscription. But I just said, you know what, I just want to continue to give as much as I can. So I made the website free, and then I took time and I uploaded, um, I don't know, 400 videos, um, roughly. Um, everything from the Actors Approach toolbox is now up on YouTube, so everything is free. Um, it's a little bit uh, easier to navigate inside the app on the website, but if you just want to go to YouTube and type in Actors Approach, all of the videos are up there for free.
1: So it's, it's of- incredible. If it's one thing you do, click that subscribe button. Check out Jared's channel, and um yeah, it's just you know a mountain of. Uh, you know, stuff that you would literally pay thousands of pounds worth to, you know, any drama school or university to study. So do check it out, people.
0: What about you? What about your YouTube going on there? Oh, yeah, yeah, you can check that out as well. I mean, that, that's just more a
1: little individual uh, lessons going on. And, and um, yeah, shout out to Bobby Iceman. We recently appeared on his, his show, if you want to check that out. We had an informal chat uh, with him as well. So, uh, yeah, that's enough for the, the promo drum yep. uh, beat in there. Uh, let's go into the world of Eric Morris once again. Uh, Jared is bringing his library of books out right now, displaying them all colourful covers and everything. Uh, They've they're gone really whipstead uh, fast there. You know, if you ever get a job on the shopping channels, Jared, you might need to go slower with the with the items, you know, on, on there. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just show them that quick. Um, but to give you context, Jared has worked with the man Eric Morris Um extensively o- over the years. I am very much a newbie dipping my toe into the Eric Morris world. Um, I was in a bookshop recently down in down London, uh, Jared I uh, was visiting there for the weekend and in the acting section, so this is in the biggest sort of bookshop in, in London, there wasn't any Eric Morris. I feel like we've sort of missed out a bit on him in in the UK, like like he feels like a hidden secret over here, uh, but massive in the states, right?
0: Yeah, I'm massive all over the world. So I'm shocked. Maybe it's just that one particular uh, bookshop that you went into, but yeah, yeah he's, he's got disciples all over the world. So um, yeah. but I was at the drama bookshop in New York, um, know, maybe four or five years ago, but pre pre pandemic. And th- this is one of his um, like audio cassette programs. He eventually uh, turned it into uh, a DVD set um, there, but I was at the drama bookshop and they have like a discount section and this was in the dollar uh, box and I grabbed it and I went to the front and I was I was angry. I'm like, how dare you put this in the dollar box? I said, I'm going to buy it, but uh, that's not a dollar's worth of material. That's an amazing amount of uh, material. <laughs> I was I was actually pretty disappointed that it was sitting in the dollar box.
1: Oh no, I mean the more and more I dive into as well there's essential stuff and um really, you know, learning a lot and um yeah, really I uh, agree with a, a lot of what he has to say as well. And, you know, we, we covered it last time round. We spoke about how Eric Morris has been around now for, for over 60 years now, right, Jared? Like in, in the industry, coaching and teaching. And it's no coincidence that somebody's around for, for that long has impacted many lives around the world. Um, and today we're we're going to go a little bit more into his technique than we than we managed to in our last episode. We was just giving context to him. But before we do that, today's all about preparation, the actor's instrument um, but Jared it, it's lovely, like for the first time, even though we've worked with coaches who've maybe studied under you know, the practitioner's technique that we're looking at or whatever, that you've actually been in the room with this man and, and worked with him firsthand, and, and you've had that personal experience and you know, throughout I'm sure you'll sh- share the, you know, yeah. your experiences of him and you know, any anecdotes that you have but is, is there anything, last time we finished on talking about how you know, you guys were around the piano singing John Lennon's Imagine and just having a, a great old time together, which is on Eric Morris' website, this yeah. homepage, you can check it out. Is there any little little nuggets, little anecdotes that you'd like to share just before we kick off into the world of this preparation?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I, back in the day, uh, I had an opportunity to study with Sandy Meisner um, when I was younger and and did it. Uh, for a variety of reasons, it just didn't happen, and that's been one of my life disappointments um, that I was not in class with him. Um, I've studied with a, a bunch of his disciples, but you know, I had the opportunity, and just it just didn't happen. But the fact that I got a chance to study with Eric Morris, um, like having read all of his books and listening to his audio programs, and then connected with him uh, many years ago on the phone and over email, and then um, getting the opportunity to actually train with him. Um, profoundly impacted my approach to acting, profoundly. Um, Like Eric uh, experienced on his own, he ran into, time and time again, um, concepts and theories, but nothing um, as actionable and practical as what he has created in terms of how you actually do things. So you need to create a character, you need to create an emotion, you need to create a relationship, you need to create something but how you actually do the pragmatic approach to how was a big gap in his training. And because of his effort, his work, his creation, his uh, discoveries with his students, and then ultimately the documentation of everything that he's created over the last 60 plus years, we now have an encyclopedia a wealth of how, process uh, specific tools on how you prepare, how you address the material, how you bring things to life uh, that is tangible, um, accessible, teachable, um, and repeatable, reliable, all that good stuff. So yeah, he's, it really is a blessing to, uh, whether you're just learning via his books and his uh, audio program, uh, you can do that, but uh, you ultimately get a chance to study with him. I think he's doing online stuff still too. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I
1: think he's got something going on in the summer, maybe next year.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I mean, just being in the room with him, feeling the, um, how much love and respect the students have for him, and then in return, how much love and support he gives to his students, as well as, um, Susanna, his wife, too, who uh, helped co-taught the, uh, the jamborees that I attended, um. Uh, in her own right she's an amazing master teacher you know as well so if you ever get a chance to study with either of them both of them grab it do it yeah for sure
1: no absolutely and i I think it speaks volumes that his work is studied all all over the world and he talks of how you know he has sort of schools almost offshoots of schools around around the world but he hasn't franchised it. He's not making money from it. It's that he just faithfully believes in giving the actors, you know, the, the best opportunity and chance possible to be the best that they can be. And he seems a very humble guy. And like, um, you, you can't talk about these things that we're going to talk about tonight. Like, you know, the instrumental preparation without caring and genuinely caring about the, the actors that are in the room with you. So I imagine that's a an overwhelming feeling when you work with him, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. He wasn't always like that though. Uh, mm-hmm. In the, at the start of his teaching career, uh, he was viewed as incredibly controversial. And he, he documents a bunch of it in, in a number of his books where his methodology, his classes, his techniques were cutting edge. And, um, you know, some people thought he was bordering on psychotherapy. Um, he got accused of, um, you know, just like taking actors to play. Uh, acting teachers shouldn't be taking actors to uh, emotionally speaking and uh, you know to his credit he stayed true to his vision he stayed true to his um, his ideas and we ha we now have um, just a-, a powerful complete system of acting that addresses you today we're gonna to be talking about preparation but in um, you know I think he says you know preparation and others say it's, you know, 85, 95% of the work. If you are prepared to work, you can. And if you have not prepared, if you have not addressed your blocks, if you have not addressed the things that are in your way, uh, you can't You think you can, but yeah, he, he, he's amazing. Just an amazing guy.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I think it is something that's completely overlooked,
0: right? Like um,
1: by, by a lot of actors out there is, yes, you can, you can feel that argument for I don't need the psychotherapy lying down on the couch sort of idea that maybe that that pushback but there's no way that you can bring yourself to acting a role and acting a part if you're not comfortable within yourself and with who you are and have a firm understanding of of, of who you are as as well and it feels like this deep dive, this look at the instrumental preparation of of the actor comes from that place of having us ready to be able to take on on a roll, and to strip back some of the things that is blocking us and and getting in our way. Um, and quite a lot of the time, and we'll probably talk about this in a bit more detail. But the actor's ego, the you know, which we all have, everybody has an ego. We've spoken about it on the show before, is is a huge thing that's getting in the way of us seeing the the truth that we're bringing into a room and into a moment into reality because we're not able to see the wider picture of of us, right? Where maybe tunnel vision into, now nah, I'm walking into to play the part, to do my job, to do all this stuff. But taking that step back, as you say, looking really deeply at ourselves and the preparation is 85%, 90%, 95%, whatever it might be, the percentage of the of the job is gonna have a huge impact on what we can actually do within our acting, right?
0: I, absolutely. Um, yeah, you have to be aware. You've gotta make observations. You gotta be self-aware um you prepare instrumental preparation we the actors are the instrument um you know you see professional guitar players uh, all the time even in the middle of playing they'll tune they'll tune the strings prior to the songs they tune the strings they have professional tuners that hand them a you know a new guitar tuned to the right pitch to the right notes and yeah most trained actors understand that we we are the instrument. And if we are not tuned, if we're out of tune, if we're broken, if our strings are broken, if we, you know, if they're blocked in some way, we're not going to create what we ultimately wish to create. So preparation is so important. Most younger and untrained actors, they want to leap over that and get to the, you know, air quotes, the acting part, the feeling part, the emoting part. Um, but if you don't deal with the blocks in your life, your personal blocks, um, things that are going on with you right here, right now that are preventing you from being present, um, living truthfully in the moment, um, getting into what Eric calls the being state, which is existing truthfully in the moment where you have no obligation to do or say Anything more than you are actually feeling in the moment, and trusting that that's okay, getting to that place where you are feeling a hundred percent, just available and open and honest and truthful, takes time, you know. And mm-hmm. if you don't find a a path for preparation, then ultimately what you do is you drag into the performance stuff from your life that does not belong in the script, and maybe. Mm-hmm through it in the first five minutes 10 minutes of a performance and then you're you know you're fully invested but there's a a portion of the performance that is infected by your personal nonsense that doesn't belong in the script if you have not taken the time to Mm
1: -hmm. and and this isn't you know I've done that work you know I I did a class with you know Eric Morris or whatever a couple years but I don't need to worry about that anymore this is we're constantly being exposed to these blocks and obstacles in our lives which will you know, envelop us either subconsciously or consciously um, throughout time. And uh, Eric Morris himself, you know, he says he's still, you know, he, he goes down the therapist route and then sort of says, that, you know, he still spends time with a therapist age 90. I think his therapist like 93 or something like that. <laughs> and they still spend time together and they have them every week. And he talks about, you know, he's always working on himself is, is what he's he's putting it as, you know. And that, it's really funny you brought up that instrument analogy, you know, like I, I brought out a quote of, Eric Morris's, which is just in line with that Jared. I mean, he uses this analogy of, you know, if you're a, mu- a musician, you're going to string your your violin and all that stuff, but, you know, then saying, you know, the, the actor, the instrument that um, we express ourselves with as, as art- artists, as actors, if it's damaged and it can't function properly, then the capabilities of the artist's talent is just inhibited, which yes. makes sense. If you have a bashed up instrument, like, you know, a musical instrument, it's not going to produce the same the same sound that that you'd expect it to and if we're bashed up in some way as actors it's also going to inhibit us in some way right
0: a hundred percent yeah and and we have to become self-aware of those parts of us that are bashed in and uh, and address them you can't necessarily fix all of them in an acting class right so that's why you know Counseling and therapy is a, a wonderful thing. Um, I'm holding up, you know, his his latest book here, right? The actor's other selves. So the 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 technique that's explored in this last book, and he's also he's he's writing another book too, I believe. Uh, but in this one, it's all about subpersonalities. Subpersonalities is a, is an acting technique. Uh, that has its roots in uh, counseling and therapy. He uh, met a guy uh, named uh, Hal Stone, him and his wife, uh, Hal and Sidra Stone, um, were uh, like uh, family therapists, uh, marriage counselors, uh, uh, and they developed sub-personalities uh, as a practice where they, the therapist, talked to the uh, the patient and had them move into different energies, uh, the vulnerable child, the abused one, the uh, the obedient one, the rebel, the lazy one, all these different sub parts of us, and through this guided dialogue, this voice dialogue the uh, the patient was able to then explore and understand different parts of themselves and, and how they are functioning in life. Well Eric was in therapy and Realized that that practice of the voice dialogue and subpersonalities could become an incredibly powerful acting craft tool to help fulfill the obligations of the material. So he went on and uh, you know did you know, years and years of training of learning how to use voice dialogue and, and subpersonalities, and ultimately, it's part of his massive approach to uh, to the craft of acting. And- you know, we've got a wonderful uh, resource now in this, The uh, the Actors Are Their Selves, um, where it's it's really explored quite beautifully. Uh, this was mm. the one book I took on occasion. occasion. Um, and I just, you know, I read it once and, you know, I've gone back and read it again. And it's great.
1: Yeah, no, yeah, no, definitely. It's one on my list. It's one I definitely need to, need to check out, man. It, it, like when I was reading, you know, Eric Morris's justification of, of spending time on the instrument, you already mentioned it today. He felt, you know, who was working under, they weren't paying massive attention to that. He felt that there was a massive gap there and that he'd get so far of, you know, emotional preparation, whatever it might be, but he was never encouraged to bring up like the personal experiences that he'd brought to the moment within his acting. And all that and um, in his introduction to talking about why he's got this focus on instrumental preparation he mentions this that there's no difference between living and acting you know like um, that they very much feed one another I mean we're very much in the vein of that right being very inspired by Meisner and and all that you know that we're living truthfully under imaginary circumstances you mentioned that Eric Morris likes people to be in the state of being as well and like I guess you can't really get there without Maneuvering around some of the real life stuff as well, but I, I I don't know. I just thought it was a nice little thing, maybe to discuss. Like, you know, was your opinion on that? There is no difference between living and uh, acting.
0: I I reread that line in preparation for this discussion, and I, I push pause on my brain for a little bit, and I, I don't know if I agree with it a hundred percent, and that's okay, right? We don't, even though we. We're we're talking about Eric's system. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, we have to believe and utilize 100% of every single thing um, that he talks about. I understand what he's saying. That um, when you are in front of the camera or on stage, you should be experiencing like you experience in life, and that's one one of the names of his books is. Uh, the The diary of a professional experiencer, right? That's what he let himself, as opposed to an actor. It's you know the diary of a professional experiencer. So, so I get it. Um, But in life, I am me. In front of the camera and on stage, I'm bringing to life um, the reality of someone else other than me. So, I, I I get what he's getting at that you you should be. Living and experiencing, um and sharing and emoting and connecting and relating to people, as you do in life on stage or in front of the camera. But I, I do think that there's a difference between um, acting and, and and living. But I, I get what he's yeah.
1: getting. Yeah, at. yeah. I you know I think that you know he's far from arguing that you know that perhaps every time we we go into or or, or sort of the, the way I'd see it anyway, um, bringing up our things from our own life and the own areas of our own life to, to bring to our acting. I mean, there is this definite reality, I guess, you know, going down the blocks and obstacles approach that 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 we face, like of having to move through all of that stuff to be as free and open as we as we can as as actors and to live moment to moment, you know, like uh, in, in 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 the room that we're that we're in. Um and that yeah quite often thinking of acting as a completely separate plane to us that it comes from a separate place that it comes from we're stepping into someone else's shoes and becoming somebody else completely and all of those ideas it can hold somebody back as well because they're reaching to attain an idea of what acting is you know and i, and I think it's like you no know, we, we bring us to the room and all the crap that we bring to the room as well um and we must accept that and we must notice it and realize it. And, you know, what we're going to talk about in a minute, let let a lot of that go <laughs> and and be open and be present and, and then bring ourselves to the acting, you know. And I don't know, that's that's maybe the angle that I, that I see it. And um, he mentions, and I, I resonated with this completely, that, that we grow up, you know, surrounded by all sorts of negativity in our environment that we just absorb, you know. And, and this... Certainly being uh, a male in the northeast of Scotland, we're kind of told just shut up, get on with things, you know, like uh, men don't feel emotion and all all this stuff. And I think anything down this route of it, we might even think about experiencing trauma. It's so far removed from the culture that that I'm within, right, up here. It's just get on with stuff. And that's why males here do have real issues with mental health as they grow older and all that stuff. But trauma can be big and small yeah. and it can really ingrain in us and affect us deeply without us even realizing it and he he mentions about these things we're exposed to in, in childhood he says you know criticisms, rejections, ridicule, humiliations, failures all become like blocks and, and, and obstacles that we, that we have as, as human beings it forms our personality it forms who we are and the minute you you know start crying and as a baby like you're going to be exposed to all sorts of that it's it's in a, avoidable for all of us i think um and it's important to accept that and notice that that we've been through these things i think
0: absolutely it, and that is why i make a differentiation between living and acting where I, I again i get what he's talking about um but if in my life um I don't allow things to affect me and in my life, I don't express what has affected me. Um, But I'm playing a character that is, you know, fully out there, you know, fully expressive, fully affectable, um, affected and affectable. I, I can't, I can't be myself. I have. If I impose myself on top of the character, I'm not being faithful to what the the playwright intended. So I do have to find a path to get myself out of the way. Um, if in in life I just can't function, I can't I can't get past that 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 instrumental block. Um, you know, is not what the character is all about. You were making me think about. Um, there's an exercise in intimacy um, when you have. A block where you just have a real struggle in life about um, receiving intimacy and, and being intimate, not and not just sexual, you know, just any sort of intimacy. And there's an, I think it's called like a like a cradle and rock, or rock and stroke, or cradle and stroke, or something along those lines. And um, I remember doing it in one of these workshops where you know you you lay down like a little baby in the lap of you know your your partner that you with for the week, and they they hold you and they rock you and they they stroke your bald head, you know, and uh, you know you just you just receive that intimacy. And I'm just imagining all the men in the north of Scotland just sitting <laughs> you know, sitting at the pub, you know, with <laughs> with their Jameson, you know, and. Uh, and some whiskey and all that good stuff and and just cradling and rocking
1: everybody man that's that's every Friday Saturday night around 1am in the pubs of Scotland they just have to <laughs> I say drink about a bottle of whiskey before they get there like but I, I guess that was a real wow moment for me like, like I haven't worked with you know Eric Morris's work explicitly but suddenly being asked you know moving from I want to be an actor I'm interested in that as a craft to going down the more intimate work of Meisner, I guess, and then being asked to be vulnerable, all of a sudden, I haven't been vulnerable to like a lot of my family, to a lot of my family. He asked me to open up in front of a room of strangers and, and it really jarred me. It really took me a while to to break through that and become comfortable with it. And I, and I think I probably could have saved myself a lot of time, possibly like a year's worth of work if I had uh a language of steps that I could take or exercises that I could take to feel more comfortable with that like like instantly that that chapter you're talking about of and um, what there well, is is a chapter in this book um the one you shared with me fear of uh what's the name again Jared?
0: Intimacy yeah so yeah fear, it's free. Fear, free,
1: free in the actor that's it yeah, yeah yeah um and it's it's fear fear of intimacy uh, this chapter here that, that really as a Calvinist sort of Presbyterian Scottish guy <laughs> I was like I need I need the language to be able to deal with this and it, you know if you feel like this as Jared says it's not like physical intimacy it's just like about being open and vulnerable and emotional as well like he mentions about how you might want to model it first on like uh, you know just being emotionally vulnerable with animals to begin with Like, like, like just being you know talking to them in a nice way or whatever, like stroking an animal, and then like letting loose your inner child a little bit. And like, if you've got any children in your life, just being open and vulnerable with, with them and then opening up to a friend and like maybe telling that friend, like this is how I really feel about you and like talking about it. and going through these layers and stages in your in your life, like will help you feel more comfortable and confident with doing it in the room with, with other actors when you have to be this open and vulnerable. And, th- and then he's got this great exercise um he says you might you might ask yourself some important questions when you're you're faced with moments of vulnerability. He says like you might ask yourself, Well, what am I afraid of? What is the worst case scenario if I express this, this emotion, this affection right now to someone that I care about? Will I be judged? Will I be thought of as weak? Will I be laughed at or humiliated? What if I get no response and feel as if I've had egg on my face? And it, it feels like you know he's he's helping you move through these planes of possibilities of worst case scenarios of slowly it coming to the realization of well is it really going to be that bad or visualizing like what's actually going to happen when I when I go through this and and leave myself open and most of the time right it's it's never as bad as you think or, or feel and sometimes it's just this unconscious bias that you have of that's not something I share or do um, does that have a name those questions I'm not sure I I, I just uh
0: it's it's just part of the antidote uh part of the process to address the fear of intimacy you know uh it's funny that we're talking about this because when when you and i were on with uh bobby on uh the interview that he did with us i mm-hmm. I, I was i was experiencing this because i was talking very complimentary about you and our relationship and you know my appreciation for um what we do, and like in the back of my mind, I was like, "Wow, I'm really sharing right now i'm mm-hmm. I'm being incredibly expressive and open and vulnerable and there was a part of me that was uh, that had fear that like am i am I going too far am I saying too much and then I just I plugged ahead and I said, you know i I wanted you and Bobby and who you know whomever stumbles upon that video to to really understand, you know, how appreciative I am of you and, and what we do, and so I, I felt the fear, um, you know, that I was going to be judged, and I said, you know what, the hell with it, I'm just going to express how I feel, and you know, it, it is what it is, it, it was what it was, and so I, it's funny that we were talking about it because I actually remember going, yeah. the yeah. fear of like, oh wow, I'm, I'm right in it right now. No, likewise, I think that's
1: what I love about. This stuff is as equally as applicable in, in real life situations as well as in your acting situations, and and it's this sort of feeding of, you know, you growing as a person, but in turn, growing within your acting and feel more comfortable within your acting, and like um, I don't feel it's like psychoanalyzing finding reasons for this is why I feel this way or this is why I, I feel it's it's like breaking through these obstacles and these things that have built up these barriers and walls and being able to break them down and like actually having a language to be able to do it, you know, um, which is, is, is lovely. It's just, it's just the benefits are, are tenfold, right? Um, he, he mentions like uh, talking about fear as well. He's got a whole list of fears and we'll probably go through these in, in detail later on, but the fear of inadequacy. And that, that's something I feel like a lot of actors feel as well, that I'm no good. I'm, I'm You know, I'm in a room with, five other actors up for this audition and you know i'm just here by chance and i'm just here by luck and stuff and yeah again like you know looking at these really intricate ways you know steps to take to boom, feel that you are worthy that you are um, worth being in that and um, he mentions like acknowledging your accomplishments and, and this is what i love about it it's just so simple it's simple things that are very applicable and actionable and that you can use in any time you know so um just just chat to yourself about all the accomplishments that you've had. I, I think you brought this up on the show before, right? I feel like we did it once. Like I'm yeah. doing it with you, right?
0: Yeah, so you know, f- fear of inadequacy is debilitating and it can absolutely sabotage you before you even walk into the audition room while you're sitting in the lobby looking around going, I don't deserve to be here. I've seen that one on this show. I've seen that one on this show. And uh, my resume is not, I, I'm too old. I'm too bald. I'm too young. I'm too fat. I'm too white. I'm too color. You know, like whatever it is, you know, I, I, all of these inadequacies, this, this fear of just not being enough And the simple antidote to this is, well, you've got one um, listing all of your accomplishments. Uh, Just yeah, mumble to yourself, walk around, uh, just acknowledge to yourself all the wonderful things that you've accomplished in your life. Reprioritize that, you know, take that debilitating fear of inadequacy and diminish it by acknowledging wow, I've done this, I've done this, I've accomplished that. And then, you know, flow from the listing of all the accomplishments into just counting your blessings. Um, I have my health, I have people that love me, I have a um, a job that provides for me, I've got a home, I've got a car, I've got food, I've got good friends, I've uh, you know, I've got a, a circle of people that love and support me. And like, if you can acknowledge the things that you've accomplished in your life and the blessings in your life. All of a sudden, that fear, that external fear, that's debilitating you. It just eases. Yeah, and we prioritize, and then and then you actually be present and function.
1: Yeah, you're filled with the warmth and and all that stuff, and uh, you know you also mentions about like. Imaging, like a positive outcome, like what's the best case scenario that that could happen? Like like almost like I hear Olympians do this, like Olympians sort of visualize each step of the race and how it's going to go. it doesn't mean you've got a God-given right that it will go that way, but it makes you feel more comfortable and confident having went through the steps.
0: So imaging is a very specific uh, process. So I'll differentiate between visualizing and imaging. Um, If you visualize something, just the word itself, visualizing, um, at some level limits the senses that you use to experience what you're um, seeing in, in your mind's eye. It's a visual thing. Imaging is having all five senses affect you at the same time. And it's what we do in in life. And so it's a pragmatic approach to uh, antidote, to address, to imagine, to envision, to fantasize. But you allow all five senses to affect you at the same time, as opposed to labeling it, I'm visualizing me, you know, crossing the finish line first, I'm visualizing me receiving the award. It's okay, I'm seeing myself receiving the award, but I'm also hearing the cheers and I'm smelling the beautiful scents and and the the feeling of the air and the, the suit that I'm wearing is making me feel this. And I can taste, you know, the, uh, I'm vegan, but uh, I could taste the caviar that I've just eaten, you know, in, in the green room. And I'm like, it's all five senses at the same time that's creating this incredible experience. And so you can, uh, image instead of visualize, you can image the outcome that you desire in order to diminish those fears that you are experiencing. And so, mm. uh, if you get good at imaging, um, which is predicated also on you know really good sense memory skills, being able to allow things that are not there to be recreated so that they truly affect your senses, uh, which is you know one of the core principles of Eric's technique of sense memory. Um, you can really uh, move past some of those inhibitors and some of those blocks by imaging those uh, those beautiful outcomes. Mm. Uh, but oh, it, yeah. Imaging itself is one of his, you know, mega approaches that uh, it, you can use it to fulfill the material. You know, you can image yourself, mm. in character and the circumstances. You can image things in order to um, stimulate a an emotional response, a behavioral response in you in order to, you know, then fulfill the work.
1: Yeah, this beautiful double-edged sword thing going on yet yeah, again that it can help you move through the obstacles, but as well as yeah, um, add to your acting.
0: We were supposed to be talking about preparation, but somehow we uh, we didn't start at the beginning. <laughs> I may have taken. A we look. We
1: didn't know. We, we we've sort of meandered off there. Um, we we have a little bit. Just just want- real quick to go back to the fear thing because I, I guess it's, it's all part of the instrumental preparation we've just skipped ahead to like the fear that actors might feel and stuff we'll, we'll come back in a little minute but if any of that stuff sounds a little bit like oh that's all a bit airy fairy what if I'm feeling that the fear of being inadequate well I just say I've accomplished this I've done this I'm grateful for this and like what I'll feel like there's a very real life example of this recently Stephen Graham an actor who I, I love um from Liverpool. He's doing films with Scorsese and all that stuff. And he finds himself an Irishman with Al Pacino. He's on the phone to his wife, um, Hannah, they're really close uh, couple. He says, Hannah, I'm, I'm here with Al Pacino. And I feel like, you know, it's Al Pacino. I just can't like, so he's freaking out. This is a guy that's got a well-established career and all that stuff. He just feels like he can't show up for the scene with Al Pacino. And his wife literally talks him through all that process and like how much he's achieved how much he is worth that and like you know this is a step in his career a lot of stuff and he says like after that phone call I just felt yeah I feel ready for this you know and it's it's just this example of no matter who you are no matter where you're at in your career you're gonna feel this and also like these are steps that can help you overcome it.
0: He mentions in a book about his uh, friendship with uh, Jack Nicholson, who um, he was in class with at one point, and he had a, a conversation with Jack Nicholson um, where Jack Nicholson was uh, feeling um, fear about doing the uh, the role in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. You know, and yeah, part of the conversation that you know that's documented in the book is, you know, look, look at all the things that you've accomplished, right? It, it, oh, yes, it's wonderful that you feel afraid. Uh, of course right this is life but um, you can move past it you know so think about all the beautiful things that you've accomplished.
1: Oh mm, well, absolutely. Um. Hey we're free with these conversations and, and, Like, but you're right I think we should establish like what these instrumental blocks might be what, what instrumental preparation looks like you know and, and maybe meander back to the start a little bit here Um. but you know I'd never thought of it in this way. Like the, Eric Morris mentions that we could face two blocks in two instrumental areas. He talks about the impressive and the expressive and that there's two distinct sort of differences within that. From my understanding, Jared, the, the impressive sort of touches upon that thing we were talking about earlier. Those, those things that we are exposed to within childhood, those things that make impressions of us, uh, on us, sorry, um, like conditioned responses. To, to, to things that we've experienced, maybe uh, criticisms and abuses through, throughout our life and that we put up these these walls and shields and, and boundaries based on that and, and that's the the impressive. Um, and then over a period of time, the more we sort of, um, you know, harness these away, um that we can, it can affect us expressing certain emotions, right? That we can like, our go-to thing can be suppressing the pain or suppressing the the feeling, rather than letting it swim up to the surface and, and feeling it. It, it just is dug deep down, rooted in, inside of us. Is that fair to say? Really impressive.
0: Yeah, I think you. I think you're mostly there. I'll. I'll I took some notes. In uh, so we talked about um, Eric having disciples all over. When I travel, I look for. Uh, teachers um, to go study with, you know, drop in, I was in Ireland, I did a, you know, drop in on a Meisner class. Um, So when I was in Chicago, I I met up with a a teacher named Adam Christopher, who I, I think he summarized it really well. So impressive obstacles. It's that which comes in that we do not allow to affect us. And expressive obstacles are the stuff that we feel, but we bury and don't express. So impressive are the things that are happening outside of us that functioning adults would be affected by. Uh, There's a a battered um, puppy chained up to a fence, and you don't allow it to break your heart. You don't allow it to enrage you. You just walk past, you know, this battered puppy that's chained to a fence in the scorching heat, you know, looking like it's, you know, on its last breath. And you just don't allow that to affect you because men don't feel stuff, right? I'm just going to be strong. And so, yeah, it's, it's bad, but now I got to get on with my day. And so you don't allow that external thing to make an impression on you and affect you. That's the impressive part. The um, the expressive obstacle is I'm feeling it, but I'm a man. I don't. Men don't cry. Men don't don't hug each other. Men men don't you know uh, hold you and embrace you and you know say to another man uh, you know I appreciate you. I love you. Right. This this nonsense notion. Uh, so the expressive obstacles are the ones that you do feel, but you make a choice to just push it down and and not let it out. And that's what I was talking about before, where uh, acting and living, um, I I understand, again, what he's talking about. But if I, as uh, a human being, uh, don't allow things to affect me impressively, and I've got impressive obstacles, and I've got these expressive obstacles where I choose to suppress what I'm feeling and I don't let it out, but the character that I'm playing um, actually does, then I I have to find some path to uh, be faithful to the character. So even though I may have these debilitating obstacles in order to fulfill the obligations of the role, I've got to move past those obstacles and express them. Does that clarify? Sure.
1: No, that does. It makes a lot of sense. And guys at home, I, I mean, I think I, I will be like. I hope you're taking notes on that, and, and it sort of it, it does really help to establish that understanding. No, that was that was a great uh, nugget there because <laughs> my uh, explanation of it was a lot more ramble. I love it when you can condense it into a couple of sentences. That that explanation, no, it does it, it does make a, a lot a lot of sense, and um, you know, like like it just gets into the world and gets into the realm of starting to be able to establish some of these these blocks and obstacles that we that we face. Be able to distinguish one between the other and and have a more heightened awareness towards it, right? Whereas before we're maybe in the world of it just all oh, coming in at us, getting thrown at us and you know we're not even conscious of it a lot of the time, like um, it's just hitting us and, and, and sort of staying with us, the, the, These these things and experiences. From here on in, having this language for it, the impressive, the expressive, allows us to identify these things a little bit more and maybe start to notice them, but, but by a, bit, a little bit more when, when it's happening.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, become aware, uh, observe, um, you know, watch the news, read, read the newspaper. Don't just go on to, um, you, you know, uh, TikTok or Instagram and watch, you know, watch the reels and, you know, be entertained, um, be cultured, uh, you know, go to, go to a museum, um, go walk around a park and be affected by nature. Um, you know feed the pigeons <laughs> you know yeah. uh, allow yourself to be impressively effective and expressively
1: um, mm. expressive. <laughs>
0: and then be, be more conscious like,
1: like um, we'll, we'll talk about, about consciousness in a moment but he gives us a brilliant example three and the actor of just how people aren't switched on to their, their consciousness and, as you say, being open to observation and stuff. And he sp- talks about this experiment. I don't know who ran the experiment, but a bunch of people in a room. Next minute, there's somebody comes in with a, a gun, like a rifle or something like that, like, uh, like fires the gun or whatever, runs out again. And then they ask the people, what, the, what was the colour of the guy's eyes? What was he wearing? What was all this stuff? And hardly anybody's able to identify any of it because they're just so wrapped up in their own tunnel vision of what they're doing there and then in that moment. And and we've touched upon this millions of times, right? Like just as actors, you have massive strength and massive leverage if you can just completely take in your surroundings, you know, absorb it, appreciate it. Um, he breaks down components <laughs> of consciousness, um, observation being one. Um, and I know you're a big fan of, of this, you know, just, just being aware of the sounds, the images, the things that's, that's around you. I was going to ask, when you, when you were on vacation, did you find there was any moments where you were just like, well just taking it all
0: in (coughs) the landscape in mexico really blew me away i was at a um, uh, a winery in um, an area called the valle that i had never been to before and um yeah i i became very conscious while i was there i just i sort of stopped i had you know a nice glass of of, um wine in my hand and i just stopped i'm like wow listen look at this landscape it is absolutely gorgeous you know beautiful fields and mountains and everything and the the warm sun yeah and i took a couple of minutes to just sort of um be present with it uh i thought for a moment okay i should sense memorize this and i said i I actually i just want to be here (laughs) for a minute Mm yeah. yeah
1: just being present. I, I think it's just so huge so many of us are sucked into and absorbed by this I, I don't know how like what seven inch screen or whatever and we're just having things thrown at us constantly these this pieces of stimulation like to you know titillate us for a couple of seconds then it moves on to someone else and someone else we don't get the chance to just be observant and taking all, all that's around us and I highly recommend that like all actors all people really if you've got the chance to go a walk in nature and just take in the sounds, the sights and all that's around you, it will ultimately feed you yourself as a person, but also your work as an actor as well. Just allow you to be more present, more open um, and, and taking a lot more rather than being in a reactive state. We're put in this reactive state quite a lot as, as people in, in the 21st century. Um, and removing yourself from that will just allow you to notice a lot more in you and outside of you as well
0: which then in turn allows you to work on how external uh things impressively affect you and then it gives you an opportunity to then express it and if you find that you are not you you know you're numb you're not affected by you know the beauty of nature Um, you're not affected by the atrocities that are around you storm damage by you storm damage in the the US that just happened. If you're not affected by it, if you're not concerned by it, that's something to be aware of, right? You know, like a a lack of compassion, a lack of humanity, and then the inability to express how what is happening around you is affecting you. Um, It's, it's important to become aware of it so that you could address it, work on it, work through it so that it doesn't become an obstacle and a block to you in fulfilling your work.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm, no, absolutely. You, you mentioned that, you know, they're, you know, having an awareness of your surroundings, it, you know, being aware of what's around you. You know, he almost describes that as being interested in causes that surround you as well. And I've, I've always thought of this with actors. I'm like, actors can be so happy clapping, get involved in charity work and this and that and the next thing. And like, you know, like they get a bad rap for it. It's just like, you're know, actors, why do you feel like you've the world? But perhaps it is to feed the, you know, that, that side of them as well just just being aware of, of causes getting connected to them um it, you know having these real life experiences of, of, of what's around um he mentioned to stay curious as well have that curiosity that all, he gives an example of like it's almost beaten out of us in childhood and it's so it's so true you, you you know you just need to walk down the street and see how a parent chats to their kids they're not meaning to do any harm, but the kids asking question and like the parents like nah we're we need to go shopping right now we don't have time for this or whatever he gives the example of you know uh the kid saying daddy why does mommy cry sometimes she <laughs> cries because she's sad why is she sad yeah. because something that happened that made her feel sad why did it make her feel sad the conversation cuts off you know and like that we learn we get this learned behavior of curiosity is a bad thing, we become less curious, curious as we get older, um, and to always have that curiosity, um, be open to possibilities, um, which can also feed our acting in turn, right? Okay. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. He talks about commitment, Jared, as well. We're huge on it. Love the journey, love, love the, the destination, journey. right? We talk about it regularly, a daily practice and devotion to um, being, being conscious and being, being present. Um, and I don't, I don't know how much I agree with him on this one in 2021 but you know about seeking out information he, he mentions you should try and read newspapers every day and uh, watch you know TVS. I'm like you've got to be very careful what you read in this day and age there's a lot of fake news out there uh, you need to be careful but yeah I think I think being aware of the world of historical contexts cultural context, all that stuff um, but I, I think it's just a beautiful way to look at life as well as it feeding your Act.
0: yeah I, I agree
1: yeah, uh, I agree. <laughs> and a very overlooked commodity, I, I think, these days. I, I think, you know, mindfulness is maybe a buzzword, and it's quite a, you know, it's mentioned quite a lot these days. But I, I think there's just so much to squeeze out, and you know, um, out of that realm, that, that, that world. But um, so yeah, like, I thought it was a really effective, really tangible thing you could do to start to be more aware of some of the blocks and obstacles um, was just being conscious and present.
0: Yep, agreed.
1: Um, he he mentioned tension, Jared, as being one of the key uh, blocks, the key obstacles the actor has to tackle. I was known as the ironing board at um, my drama <laughs> school because I held a lot of tension. Still to this day, yeah. I, don't, and I, I I have effective techniques and strategies to temporarily get rid of the tension, right? That's what I have. What I don't have is this understanding of where the tension comes from. And it was really interesting reading Free and the actor, looking at his chapter on tension and him starting to rationalize why some actors do hold tension sometimes and, and where it might come from. It started to make me think about a, a lot of things. But tension, you've mentioned it, I think you've even got a blog on it, is the actor's nemesis, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I think he uses the word arch enemy. But yeah, it's the same thing, you know, t- tension, whether it's psychological, physical, emotional, whatever kind of tension, at some level, whether it's this much or, or a lot, will block your ability to connect freely with your imagination, with your senses, with your emotions, with yourself, with your other partner. And it is debilitating. And if you do not have a process through which you can identify, address, and reduce or eliminate the tension in your body, you will ultimately drag that into the work and it will again affect and infect the final product in uh, unintended ways. Um, If I've had an argument with my um, spouse or my child, And I am emotionally riled up, but I need to do some work where I'm incredibly open and vulnerable and intimate. If I don't address that tension that's I'm holding on to anger, I'm holding on to frustration. If I don't address that in some way, and I just go in and try to just do my work on stage or in front of the camera, I am not going to be as open and accessible impressively and expressively uh, free as I should be. And so tension, uh, it it just puts you into a fog, into a cloud that you have to address. And there are some just wonderful exercises, Mm -hmm. the antidote uh, exercises that, uh, and he addresses all different kinds of of tensions um, Mm -hmm. that you can go through to help you move past it. Um, Something called the the terrific trio, um, abandonment, Vesuvius, and exorcism, um, which doing it is exhausting. Watching it is the most exhilarating thing I've seen. <laughs> but it's uh abandon is uh, you get on the ground and you kick and scream like a temper tantrum, like a you know, like a little child. Yeah. Hot, full lungs, full body, kick, it to, you know, don't hurt yourself, but you just let it go. You just completely abandon them. Um, Vesuvius is, you know, it's all about just getting, getting, getting it all out, like, like you know, Mount Vesuvius erupting. F, f- this, f you, you son of a, I'm this, I'm this, I'm gonna just get it all out. And then exorcism is this, like you really, like you're, you're, you reaching into yourself and you're saying, get out, get out, get, and you're, it's, it's this, I don't know, three, five minute, uh, massive, large movement. Um, process that you go through, and when you're done with those three things, I mean, you are physically drained, you're emotionally drained, you're psychologically drained, and you've just taken all of these, uh, you know, parts of you that were tense, and you've just thrown them out of your body, and you're now in a state where you can begin to go through the process of relaxing, sensitizing, getting together with yourself, and then, you know, off to do the work. Yeah, Dale mentions that he loves that one. That.
1: Yeah, no, um, and I love <laughs> the little final sentence uh, that was part of his explanation of, of that exercise. He says, this process can t- continue until uh, the actor experiences
0: some exhaustion
1: that then can stand up.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I physically remember. And so I, I wasn't careful. Like I was really doing it, and so my throat, like my voice, was shot for a bit. Um, I had pounded the ground so so hard that I I hurt like this part of my of my wrist, um, and I was drained, uh, physically drained. But I was, I felt so free. I, my body felt loose, and there was no physical tension inhibiting me at all. I, I was I was ready to be ready to start working. Yeah. And didn't even realize how much i was holding on to until i got on that roller coaster and just went you know yeah. I, everything that came out was like oh my god i didn't even know that i was holding on to that
1: yeah i mean imagine you get a deep state of relaxation i've never done it or experienced that I, I really would like to because what, what, the process i take to get rid of any tension just now i'm i'm isolating parts of my body i'm, I'm doing shoulders then i'm doing neck and I'm, do, I'm doing all this stuff and then you always find something creeps back in, like you're like, oh, actually, my jaw, my my tongue, and you go back and you go back. Whereas this seems a very complete way of going through everything, and as you say, noticing things that you didn't even realize was there, and then coming out the other side, being like, I feel like a a new person.
0: Yeah, it's he calls it like a large expurgatory. It's it's big. It is big. Mm-hmm. And- yeah, you, you don't want to do this um, when people are sleeping in your house. Like you need a safe <laughs> space and a quiet private space, you know, to go do this. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, you do. Um, yeah, yeah, Dale's talking about tensing and releasing, right? Th- there's mm-hmm. value in, you know, tensing a certain part and releasing and breathing, you know, and this is part of preparation, right? And, and so tense and release is absolutely one of the, the prepar- preparatory tools um, that's used uh you know physically tensing a certain muscle group and then relaxing and breathing air into it and just letting that tension go um yeah i mean there's no right or wrong right it's just different applications at different times
1: yeah and some of this is physical like like you know like the the uh, tension release like um you know the the trio example that you gave You know, there's also psychological tension as as well that that might, you know, affect us physically. I was really interested in some of the exercises to do with that as well. You know, can we we maybe talk a little bit about this one? Allow, permit, accept and include. Like um, where that's much more of a, almost having a a bit of an inner monologue from my understanding that, that you're sort of going through how you're feeling and talking about it and addressing it a little bit.
0: Yeah, uh, so you're, you're definitely speaking it out loud. Uh, you could do it privately, or you could do it in front of people. Um, but you are acknowledging the truth that exists uh, with you at that particular moment, you acknowledge that I'm feeling this way, I'm accepting this, I acknowledge that. And it, it's just, it's, it doesn't need to go in a specific order. You can stay on, I acknowledge, I acknowledge, I acknowledge, I accept, I accept, right? You don't have to do it in a regimented practice. It's just a a format um, to uh, allow yourself to dig inward and then get it out. And Mm. I think, you know, once you say it, once it's actually out there, it helps you get rid of that tension. Um, Mm. I am... I'm feeling self-conscious. I uh, I I accept that I have not done enough work uh, on my body this week. I I uh, I was working out very diligently um and then my my vacation messed with my physical workout regimen. So I acknowledge that I uh, I abandoned my workout regimen. I'm disappointed in myself that I'm you know, four days, and I haven't yet woken up early to exercise. And I'm disappointed in that. Um, I, I accept that I have not been uh, you know, at the best of my ability to, to get up and, and go exercise. It, you know, it it is what that's the reality of life. So, okay, so it's out there. So now I, I've admitted it, I've said it, I've accepted it. And now uh, I, I'm not harboring it anymore. And I can move on from it. Mm. And so, I'll wake up at five o'clock in the morning and I'll go do some push-ups,
1: you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No. Hey, Dale, Dale's out there doing it, Jared. So, you know, get get on it. Get on it, my friend. <laughs> respect, Dale. Respect. Um, where, you know, he started to explain sometimes where, where tension might manifest and might, might come from, I mean, it comes from a number of different places, right? But you know, he spoke about it can come from really caring about the work, like which I I'd, I'd, I'd never thought of before. Like, like if you care so much about doing the best job you possibly can and um, coming at the role and, and making an impact and and all that stuff and putting pressure on yourself, that could ultimately lead to tension. It can ultimately lead to the opposite effect of what you're you're looking for. And I remember that just very vividly. You know, going for additions and. And getting some feedback from my agent, being like, You you're taking this too seriously, you know, like and maybe, maybe that, you know, some of that feedback comes from a place of I was going in with a lot of tension because I was like, I want to get this thing, I wanna I wanna get the role and like I'm not just being present and, and open in the moment. I'm I'm sort of being driven by the, the goal. And like he recommends, you know, just if, if you're getting lost in that, you just lose yourself in the work that you're that you're doing and, and quite often that will get rid of like some of those tensions as well and yeah that that sort of resonated with me that like I don't, I don't know if it's the reason that I was called the ironing board with my physical <laughs> tension but yeah I definitely put a lot of care attention in there that was probably uh, yeah virginal a bit unhealthy you know uh, for me so
0: yeah. I mean I'm guilty of uh, adding tension into my work in class when I was younger and I most uh, I put so much emphasis on getting good remarks from the teacher. Good job, Jared. You're talented. Oh my God. You, you know, you're going to be a star. You, you do such good work. You know, like I made uh, the teacher's compliments um, more important than the work. Um, and it caused me to do really shitty work <laughs> because mm-hmm. well, I had my attention in the wrong place. <laughs> it should have mm-hmm. been, imaginary circumstances and the partner that I was working with and, you know, no thought to, you know, getting it, you know, I'm at a boy, you know, you're, you're so talented. Um And so I went into a lot of exercises in class, very tense and very stressed because I wanted him and the others to see me as being a really talented person. That's it's, you know, I was sabotaging my work because of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, coming from that place of ego, and it it just affects us all, you know, in in very different different ways. Um, Jared, I mean, I feel we've just started to dip our toe in the water of of some of the stuff we've talked a bit about. Some of the fears, yeah. tension. We've talked about you know distinguishing between like two different blocks this evening. The importance of instrumental preparation a little bit we maybe glossed over that a little bit actually and <laughs> yeah. we got into the deeper stuff but yeah
0: i i b- before we we wrap I, I i we have to talk about relaxation sensitization and personal inventory as a three-stage process for preparation it's one of eric's um core processes um and i think that uh, anytime that you take a class with him, um, this is going to be part of what you do. And so I think it would be important in in at least this episode, of, if you talk about preparation, that we at least address uh, relaxation, sensitization, and personal inventory. Um, so relaxation obviously can take many forms. Um, and so ultimately, if you can find the process where you can physically relax, whether it's lay down on the ground and do the tense and release, or um, you know, move, move around uh, in order to find the tension in your body and release it. Um, but I, like I, I have wonderful memories of you know, laying down on the ground in class and deep breath in, and then uh, you know making noises as we're going out, loosening up our throat whatever emotions you're feeling laughing being affected by the other people in the room while they're all breathing and uh you know relaxing just having a good time and just getting your body just relaxed and and feeling the weight of your body as you're laying down on the floor sitting you know you know like a noodle in the chair relaxation you have to go through and it's you know it's not a one minute process maybe it's 15 minutes maybe it's a half of an hour you know you get more efficient at it over time, but take the time to go through a physical relaxation. Sensitization, you move into where you are working sense by sense, allowing your uh, present environment to affect each sense. And so, you know, you put your nose inside your shirt and you take a deep breath and you smell. You cover your mouth and you breathe out and you smell. You smell your hair, you smell your clothes, you smell the environment, you smell the floor. you you activate the sense of smell and you don't have to do it in any specific order, but then, you know, move on to taste, you know, coffee in your mouth. Maybe you had a bagel and there's like a little poppy seed or a sesame seed that you still taste bite the inside of your cheek, you know, taste your teeth, sensitize your taste. Uh, touch, not just with your fingers, but you're, you're, maybe you've taken your shoes off, but you feel the ground with your feet, you feel the clothes on your body, you feel the temperature of the air on your face versus on you know, parts of your body that are, and little by little, you go through every sense. You see something, you focus on it, you try to look at it at like the molecular level. Uh, you listen with one ear, with both ears, you cover your ears, you, you really listen to all the different sounds. And by activating all of those senses, you become very affectable. That way, when you're actually, you know, performing, you're open and you're ready to be impressively effective. And then personal inventory. We've talked about this before. That's the how do I feel? How do I feel? How do I feel? Personal inventory one is how do I feel? And then you answer it. How do I feel? you answer it. Personal inventory two is you just scratch a little bit beneath the surface. How do I feel? Why do I feel like that? And you just sort of like try to continue digging down. But if you go through the process, whether it's 15 minutes or an hour or whatever it takes you to do relaxation, sensitization, and personal inventory, by the time you're done with that, you're really at a state where you are ready to then beginning preparing for the work before mm. that before you do that that particular you know set of exercises uh, if you don't if you just jump into the work you're dragging into it so much stuff that just doesn't belong there
1: mm. no lovely well put my I, I think and memory serves me correctly and obviously there's eric morris's books and his audio tapes out there he's he's been quite active on youtube over over the past like ten fifteen 15 years maybe and i i feel like there's some videos on the personal inventory and like i yes. don't know if it's on realization and sensitization but like you can actually have the man himself sort of walk you through it almost like what the process would be um with that um so yeah ch- check that out people if you want to have that experience and um go through that that process but um, no, really, really lovely stuff. I, I, I'm just loving it. I'm loving this, uh, this journey. It's, it's very new to me, but feels very familiar at the same time. A lot of the things that he's bringing up, and it's just given me, you know, a, a language for for a lot of the things I've, I've experienced and felt. Um, yeah. But really, you know, you you opened this episode up with saying about the how, about the how of tackling these things, you know, and and, and I think it is like. It's one thing the why and the intellectualizing it and like sort of oh I understand it you know logically, but it's like how do I tackle that or how do I go about you know if I am I get it right I I'm going to feel inadequate as an actor, but how do I step out of that you know if I if I'm feeling that way? Um, I love that I love the balance of the two things and I love how applicable these things are to growing as a human being, I'm growing as an
0: actor. That comment is really important because that personal inventory exercise, how do I feel? And then addressing it. um, Eric once uh, had said to me that out of all of the tools that he has created, that that is one of the ones that continues to get discussed and he is uh, contacted about that it's had a profound effect on people's lives. you know, Personal inventory, giving you the opportunity to just look introspectively, um, acknowledge what's going on, and not necessarily try to solve all the problems right there and then, um, but become aware of them so that you can uh, work on them. That that's one of these tools that historically has been um, very beneficial for people, uh, not just actors, but in life in general.
1: Mm. Um, yeah we, we just got some comments coming in there. Dale says, love you guys, we love you too. Dale. I think it's in reference to the, the you know the positivity we had for his exercise regime. keep it up Dale and congratulations man. I think um, Dale, Dale's recently been... I think Sundance Film Festival film he's, he's been in has been put into
0: that uh, thing.
1: say that one more time. Man.
0: you said you had mentioned Dale but uh, the last comments um from a Yeah, the mature,
1: mature, uh, is just coming with a, a comment as well, right? What's it what's he saying
0: now, Jared? Ah that's um uh, preparation technique not trying to calm down, but to connect to yourself and your environment. Um yeah. The end result is you are more present and and likely more calm, but you're you know that that's the byproduct of connecting with yourself, uh for sure. And then okay, so then yeah, Dale is talking about Sundance. So oh, is that true? Uh, yeah, 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 that's
1: great, great news. Um, yeah, no,
0: yeah. very fair point, Machu.
1: thanks for joining us, man. For um, the the work. So thanks everybody that's that's dropped in uh, to check out what we've had going on this week. Two guys talking craft. We're going to carry on with Eric Morris next week, Jared. And and it's just such a, a huge sort of you know pathways we can go down, isn't it, with this? We, we, we'll see, we'll see where we we'll meander next.
0: I love seeing, uh, I love seeing the uh, the people on here. Um, so, um, Mathieu is from uh, France and we had a really nice conversation a couple of months ago. It's, uh, gosh, it's probably been a while since we, we talked last, but it's so nice. This, this again, um, Adam, it's like, uh, we're connecting with actors all around the world. Um, I was talking earlier um, to a guy from Greece uh, that I've talked to a couple of times and uh, it's just, it's amazing how this pandemic has created these connections Um, and, you know, Look, Instagram gets a bad rap, um, you know, f- f- uh, from a lot of people, but at least we have a, a wonderful platform to be able to share and connect and build relationships. So I, uh, I'm really appreciative yeah. of it and everybody.
1: Yeah. It's a beautiful community out there and yeah, never, never be a stranger. You know, like we always say, if you want to drop us a message or a yeah. chat, we we'd love to like, like, so uh, please do re- reach out and all that stuff. guys. But, um, but Hey Jared there. Uh, I'm going to open up in the spirit of Eric Morris with uh, you know a, a bit of intimacy here. I appreciate you, man, and you know love you a bits, and thank you very, very much for all these times that we have. Um, it, yeah, it really is. I always feel refreshed, yeah. regrouped and, and ready to take on the, the week ahead after we have this. so uh, thank you very much, man. I appreciate it
0: yeah back at you yeah for sure yeah so the, these these talks are so inspiring yeah every time we hang up i'm like yeah <laughs> Okay, let's go. On. yeah i love it yeah
1: and um, also just on a side note on a little social note congratulations on having a scotsman sign for your local soccer team um the, the red bulls uh i think it wasn't it liam palmer is liam palmer is that who you've got
0: well, I, I think so. I haven't met him yet, so we'll see. Uh, Men,
1: what, what you need to do, Scottish custom, you need to meet him with a. We've mentioned it on the show before. A bottle of Buckfast. Look it up if you're not aware of what Buckfast is. Um, it's brewed by monks and it's drank by delinquents here in Scotland. I meet mean, him with some Buckfast and some greasy food, and that'll make him feel at home.
0: A plate of haggis and, uh, and we're
1: getting- greasy haggis, like fried, deep fried. So yeah. anything deep fried, you will love that. I like, just. Meet him at the stadium with that.
0: I'll uh, I'll see if I can arrange that.
1: Awesome, great stuff. All right, everyone, Uh we'll be back. I I mean, we haven't talked about our, our festive plans yet, Jared. But we we'll probably be back in two weeks. We'll we'll just see what's going on, what everybody's got going on. But hopefully, uh, in two weeks time.
0: It's before Christmas, right? Uh oh, no, it's after Christmas. Uh, after yeah. The twenty ninth. All right. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll talk on the twenty ninth. We'll do like a uh, an end of the year extravaganza of some kind. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The holiday special. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. All righty, everyone. Take care of yourself. Take care, Jared. Bye. 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 Thanks for joining us.